The Lord loves you so much, He wants you to pray. And prayer is a conversation. And a conversation goes two ways. You speak and you listen. Now, most of us have this speaking to God thing figured out. <laughs> it's just often, sadly, we just read our list of needs to God, right? You don't have to think too hard about that, uh, though God wants to be more well-rounded than that. But the, the, the listening part, that's really mysterious to a lot of people. How do you listen? Do you put up spiritual antennas and maybe tune into the God frequency? You look for signs. I just saw a leaf blow across the street. Am I supposed to leaf my boyfriend? Right? <laughs> Guys, God speaks to us in, in ways that are really simple and gentle and humble because that's who God is. He meets us where we're at, and he speaks with clarity and peace into our hearts, especially through his word and when we meditate on it. But not just in a general sense, in a way that's specifically for you. And I have a great spiritual master with us today to help you listen and to learn how to listen to God in your daily prayer life every day so that it's an actual two-way conversation with the Lord who loves you and wants to dump his graces on you. I'm excited that you're with us today. Father Timothy Gallagher, thank you so much for being with us again. Great to be back again. That was a great conversation we had last time, and, and we kind of, I, I don't know, gave people a, a, a little taste of Ignatian Rules for Discernment. By the way, if you missed that, just Google Christophanic Father Timothy Gallagher Discernment. It'll, it'll come up, and it'll be on the Formed app, too. Um, but that was more with like big decisions in life and like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Should I be a priest? Should I be single? Should I? And, and to get more on that, so we don't forget at the end of the episode, where do people go to get all your stuff for Rules for Discernment? Uh, it's just my website, which is frtimothygallagher.org. Beautiful. Uh, I want to lean in today to not just the, the big decisions, but how to, how to talk to God uh, in, your, in your daily prayer every day. How do you do it? How do you do it in a way that's a two-way street where we're talking to God and we're also listening to what He has to say to us today? Well, the best of all places is the book you just held up. <laughs> that is, uh, you know, the word of the Lord, as we say, you know, the gospel of the Lord. So that's, the scripture is not the only way that God speaks to us. God speaks to us through nature, through the events of our lives, and so many things. But certainly in a very privileged way, God speaks to us through scripture. Remember how John of the Cross says that uh, with Christ, God has said everything. Mm. There's no new re uh, revelation. Now, we may... Over the centuries, the church enters into it more deeply, but everything is said there. So we've been talking about St. Ignatius, and what he did was to take the church's age-old tradition on how to pray with Scripture and formulate it, as he always does, in such a clear, simple, and usable way that we speak of it as Ignatian prayer, but it's really just the church's tradition, Ignatian in the formulation, because it's so usable. Now, some people associate this with, with you know, Ignatian prayer equals Jesuits or Jesuit spirituality. Uh, there's so many saints that were formed by this that go way beyond one religious community in the church. Uh, rattle off a couple of, of, of their names, because I know people might not know that your favorite saint was probably formed with Ignatian methods of prayer. Certainly my own founder, Venerable Bruno Lanteri, uh, very much so. St. Francis de Sales was essentially formed by the Jesuits. He studied in the Jesuit school in Paris for a number of years and then had a Jesuit spiritual director for many years. In fact, in a way, his introduction to 
<clears throat> excuse me, to the devout life is uh, a more amplified expression of what Ignatius does so succinctly in the exercises. That's an oversimplification, but mm. there's a lot of truth in that. So um, it was Francis de Sales who said that that little book of the exercises has made more saints than there are letters in the book. <laughs> you know, wow. Um, wow. Edmund Campion, Isaac Jove, Francis Xavier, and we could go on with so many. Mother Teresa too, wasn't she? Um, that I'm less sure of uh, what her connection with. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, she had a Jesuit spiritual director, she did. Yeah. Father Neuner, who was uh, very important uh, in her life. Teresa of Avila had Jesuit spiritual directors, and so on. So it's just it's every, a pretty everywhere. good list. It's, it's a pretty good list. <laughs> yeah. It says that if you if you try to pray with Scripture in the way that Ignatius teaches, you're standing on really solid ground in the tradition. <laughs> yeah. Now, the basic insight is that there are two different ways that we can enter into God's Word. Mm. And they uh, are based on two different capacities that God has given us. One is our capacity to think, you know, our reason, our mind. So, for example, uh, let's say you're praying with the Beatitudes, and you start with the first Beatitude, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And you read that slowly. You're in a space where your heart is quieted. And you find yourself thinking, well, Lord, you don't just say poor, but you say poor in spirit. Mm. So you seem to be speaking of something more than simple material absence of things, a kind of an attitude of heart. And it seems that you see this as really important because this is the first beatitude and it's the one that gives entrance into the kingdom. You're speaking, obviously, of some kind of dependence upon you, you know, uh, knowing our need for you. Now, what happens... So this, doesn't, this doesn't bypass the rational process. Oh, it's, it's like, precisely right. through the rational process that we enter. Now, what happens is, you know, uh, John Henry Newman's classic description of prayer as heart speaks to heart. Heart speaks to heart. So what's happening is as we are listening mm -hmm. through the reasoning power that God has given us to what is contained, in this case, in the first beatitude, what will happen is, at a certain point, it will touch our hearts. And we'll find ourselves saying, uh, Lord, sometimes I try to take too much control in my life. Help me to live with more simplicity. More like Mary, you know, behold the handmaid of the Lord. Mm. Um, now, can you see that now our heart is speaking to the divine mm. heart. And when, when we speak of prayer as conversation with God, that's really, in ter experiential terms, that's what we mean. We listen to God's word. Mm. And one way is through the reasoning power God has given us, and that's what we call meditation. And then it touches our heart, and our heart responds in some way. So just thinking about it, giving yourself time to mull it over. I like the analogy of, like, here's some wine. It's good wine. You're not just going to chuck it like it's Kool-Aid. You're going to... Right? Yeah, and that, that's why you really... I guess anyone listening to us, and the two of us, of course, we have to ask ourselves, am I giving time every day to this? Hmm. Now, I'll just quote a letter that our founder, Venerable Bruno, wrote to, this was a lay mar woman married with four children, obviously a very busy life, and she'd asked him how she could pray in her life. And so he writes back and he says, well, Get to Mass when you can, even if that's possible during the week. And he knows it's not always going to be possible, but the Eucharist is always the first thing. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, see if you can set aside 15 minutes every day for some kind of meditation. Now that could be, uh, you know, as we've just said, 
a quiet reading of scripture like this. It might be Lexio Divina in the monastic tradition. It could be the rosary. It might be part of the liturgy of the hours. It could be Ignatian ways of praying. We have many Read some saint. It could right. be uh, listening to a conversation like this. Yeah, you know, yeah for it helps. With, or an app, you know, and yeah. so on. But can you spend 15 minutes every day getting deep, in, deeply in touch with mm. God's Word? Secondly, he says... I, I want to pause there for a second. Can you spend 15 minutes a day? Uh, you got 15 minutes, all right? You do. And, and I, I don't know if this is Mother Teresa who said this, that, that if, you, if you don't have time to pray for, for, for an hour to her sisters who didn't have time, who were really busy with caring for the poor, you got to make two hours, right? <laughs> if she didn't say that, she should have. But, but there's something to that, because we, we spin our wheels and waste time in life. Where it's like, I don't even have five minutes. Let me do it. Take a deep breath over your morning coffee and listen to God. Sorry, go ahead. I just wanted, yeah. I just wanted to pause on that word for a minute as a challenge to people who are, who are watching. Well, I, that's a great challenge because yeah. that can be really life-changing. Life-changing. Without exaggerating. Maybe the only way you can do it is to listen to something um, in the car, you know, while you're commuting to work mm. uh, or riding the, the bus or the train or something to work on a lunch hour. Um, you know, I remember when I did the Ignatian retreat, our director said to us, a very venerable elderly Jesuit priest, that for many of us, the one thing we need, the only thing we need in order to have a life of prayer is to get to bed on time. Oh. You know, uh, so that you get those, uh, those, those extra minutes. So 15 minutes if you can get That's it. Beautiful, simple. And he says to her, uh, try to read one page from a spiritual book every day. Okay. How long does that take? And today, again, that could easily be, you know, with earbuds or, yeah. um, or yeah, with the phone or in so many different ways. Make the examination of conscience every day, if only when your hands are busy but your mind is free. Mm. You know, and then lift up your heart, uh, heart to God throughout the day. I posted that at the beginning of Lent once on Facebook, and the uh, responses were really, they all came down to this. That's doable. So, yeah, yeah choose do a doable that. way of doing it, but... Um, do it. The only way to learn how to pray is by praying. So, and most of what you just said had to do with not prayers we're throwing at God, but learning how to be quiet and reflective. Uh, reading the Bible, Lexio Divina, and I, we should probably define that for people watching for a second. Uh, maybe reading some meditation from, from the lives of the saints, and then the examination of conscience at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. All those things are just quiet listening and receptivity. How do I make sure that when, when I'm in that mode of receiving, that, that the place in my mind or imagination or thoughts or feelings are going or being led by the Lord and aren't just for me? Or should I just have a general trust that if I'm in a state of grace, that that is being led by the Lord? I think what's key in this is formation in the spiritual life, which is really what we're talking about here. And that is learning how to pray. You know, I'm, this was before I entered the seminary. Uh, I came across... Um, a number, you know, I was reading books about the spiritual life, and all these authors said meditation is really important in the spiritual life. It's really important. And I was there saying, well, can't somebody tell me what this is? You know, you're yeah. telling me it's important, but I don't know how to do this. And I didn't know of anyone of whom I could ask until I read Francis de Sales' Introduction to the Devout Life. Mm -hmm. And he was the first one that actually explained it. So... We need formation from our tradition, and today there are endless resources uh, of this kind. If I may, I've written a couple of books too. Yeah, please, that. please, I insist, yeah. <laughs> One is called Meditation and Contemplation, 
an Ignatian guide to praying with scripture. And that's like a, a short, simple exposition of these ways that we're talking about. And then the other is called an Ignatian introduction to prayer. Um, scriptural reflections according to the spiritual exercises in which I just take people through 40 biblical passages. The idea being that if, if you pray through those, it might take 10 minutes, you know, for each of them. Uh, by the time that's finished, uh, you'll have a sense of how to pray with scripture. Beautiful. Yeah. So give me, give me some tips here. It's morning before the kids are up. I went to bed on time so that I can get up early enough. Right? We, we over-spiritualize some of our, our, our failures and problems. Where it's like, Lord, I can't think straight. And the Lord, Lord's looking down from heaven saying, so stop being on Instagram till 2 in the morning. And then asking me why you can't think straight the next day. <laughs> right? uh, I got my morning coffee. It's quiet. The, do the dogs are still asleep. All right? I open the Bible. How, how do I make the leap from just reading this to conversing with God and saying, okay, speak. I'm, I'm listening. Speak to my heart. What's, what is Lexio Divina? What is, what is it? How do I do this? So you would need a way of choosing the scripture for the morning. One thing that many people do is to take the gospel from the daily mass. You know, you may not be able to get to mass, but the readings are very accessible mm -hmm. online or in publications. Maybe the first reading, the psalm or the gospel as you feel drawn. It's so, easy to find that, by the way. One of the cool things of being Catholic, same gospel read throughout the world every day. Same gospel today is in Pakistan, is in the Vatican, and you can just Google to find it. There's apps for it too. Yeah. So let's um, let's just say today's gospel is uh, Luke five one through eleven, the catch Peter and the catch of fish. And uh, all right, there I am. I've got my Bible. I have my fifteen minutes or whatever it is in my quiet time. Yeah, how do I start? Yeah. You know, if you ever watch, uh, let's say you meet at Starbucks with a friend for coffee and you, uh, you meet each other, you shake hands or whatever's appropriate to the relationship, and then maybe you settle coats and things, and you're getting settled, and the conversation is a little bit superficial at that point, did you get my message, and so on. Now, you don't get together for the sake of that first, those first few minutes, mm -hmm. but without those first few minutes, you probably won't get to the deep place, you know, mm -hmm. which is to say human hearts need transitional time to enter into the deep place. Mm -hmm. And this is Ignatius' counsel on how to do that. So he says, for the space of an Our Father, how long does it take to say an Our Father? Half a minute? I, I don't know. Yeah. Lift up your heart on high toward God and look into the eyes of God and see his gaze upon you, oh. the gaze of his love upon you. Yes. Now, another way of saying that is because no one has seen God, as, as you know, John writes, but um, the word became flesh and so forth. You know, mm. Another way of saying that is what did people who came to Jesus with goodwill, sinful lives, maybe physically broken lives, but with goodwill came to Jesus. What did they see in his eyes when their gaze met his? Mm -hmm. Obviously, it was something that led them at times even just to abandon everything else, to go out to the desert. They just wanted to be there. They saw a love, a sensitivity, an mm -hmm. understanding. Look at the Samaritan woman. What did she see in his eyes? Mm -hmm. Or Peter, after he's denied him three times and... Uh, glance of Christ that mm. allows him to, uh, the tears to begin to flow and the mm. healing begin. See that. You know, I'll just say personally, for many years, the way I've done it is with that verse in Mark 10, when this man stands before Jesus, Jesus, looking upon him, loved, loved him. him. And for many, sometimes that takes a lot of my prayer. I mean, so that's what Ignatius says, start mm. that way. And then what happens is that prayer 
is immediately situated in its truth. Prayer, fundamentally, what is it? It's a relationship. Mm. Two persons, the divine and the human, um, in commerce, you know, in, in conversation, in communion. Mm. So start that way. Start with this, the Lord loves you so much. Think about that for a second. I mean, the, that line you just, just said, that's the kind of line that I might read in the Bible and just skip past to the next line. Like, no, no, stop. Stop. He, he looks at you and loves you. Okay, what does that look like? Let your imagination engage that for a second. The foundation of the spiritual life isn't all about your love for God as if you're just climbing your way to heaven. It's His love for you. What's that look like in His eyes? What a great place to start. Yeah, and that's only one of Ignatius' counsels. Again, we're just touching, you know, the tip of the iceberg mm. here. But I can't think of a better way to start your prayer. And then once you've done that, now you can go to the Scripture, and it's no longer you with a written page. It's you with the divine person who is speaking to you through the written page. Right now. Yeah, right now, right. today. This is right, he's looking at you right now. Man, I love that, yeah. Ignatius' word for this is that we dispose ourselves to receive the grace of prayer. Mm -hmm. That's why we set aside time, choose a gospel in the right place. Uh, we learn from the tradition about things that can help us enter more deeply into prayer. What we're doing is we are disposing ourselves to receive something that is primarily God's work. Mm. You know, God is the protagonist, as John Paul II said in, in mm. prayer. And our part is, as Ignatius, it's a beautiful word. So if we don't set aside time, if we don't open up the scripture, if we don't, you know, give our heart to the prayer as best we can during that time, uh, it'll be harder for God to pour that grace into our mm. hearts. So that's our part, to dispose ourselves. Mm. So this is a great way to start the day, right? And that's, this is something I've, the beginning of every day for me, provided I get to bed on time. I wake up, make sure it's a half hour before the kids. And it's a little painful sometimes. But my whole day, I'm, I'm spinning my wheels, wasting my time. I'm operating under the wrong spirit if I don't make that time. Close of the day. Let's fast forward to the other side of the day. Uh, your examination of conscience, right? Or would this be called the examine, right? What does that look like as opposed to just, again, me doing the work of thinking through my day. Uh, how do I bring it from that level to, okay, this, this, is, this can be a dialogue with God where we're, we're reviewing my day together so I can do tomorrow better. How do I raise it to that level? And how do I keep that from becoming beating myself up at the end of my day? <laughs> so begin it the same way. Begin for the space of an Our Father with seeing the love in the Lord's eyes as he looks upon you as you're you know, settling to pray now the examined prayer. And then one key element, the most important element actually of, now it's the classic examination of conscience. I'm gonna call it the examined prayer. That's the title mm -hmm. I gave to the book that I did on this because what that uh, indicates is that the examined prayer is the classic examination of conscience. So I'm looking for failures and faults and sins mm -hmm. in the day so that I can you know, do better. And that's important obviously. Scripture says the just one falls seven times a day. We all do. I do. All of us do. Yeah. So it's important to see that. But what it does is it adds into that the dimension of discernment mm. that we talked about in our previous conversation, or at least we said yeah. a bit about. And that's spiritual consolations, desolations, what's been at work, and, and, and how to understand that. But the first step in the examined prayer is... Uh, I'm going to summarize it with one word, gratitude. What Ignatius says mm -hmm. is, before you do anything else, look back over the day to see what is the most important part of the day you're reviewing. And every day there is what God has done and what we have done, how we've responded. 
Mm. Both are important, but obviously, which is primary? Mm. It's what God's done that's the most primary, uh, mm. that's the, the, the most important thing in the day. And it's clear to Ignatius that God only does one thing, always one thing, and that is to pour out gifts of love upon his children. Man. God is love, you know? So, it's uh, a beautiful thought. I've come yeah. to love this because what it means is, you know, how we can get to the end of the day sometimes, and there might be a little film of grayness there, you know, that didn't go as well as I hoped, and I'm a little disappointed with how I responded there and so forth. And then you, you move beyond that, and you go back to the beginning of the day, and let's say you remember that my prayer this morning was really helpful. You know, I really felt your, your presence there, Lord, especially in, in a part of that prayer mm -hmm. that strengthened me for the day. As I was driving to work, I was listening to, I don't know, a, a podcast, and something that the speaker said uh, was really helpful for me in what followed in the day. And then I met that person at work, and there's been a tension between us, but you gave me just the words and the mm. smile that I needed. And you go through the whole day like this. Thanking him for little ways he acted. That's the most important thing in the exam. You know, uh, Therese, uh, Therese, she's speaking to her sister, Celine, who was... Uh, wasn't always easy to be around Therese because you know they couldn't she couldn't help but compare herself with Therese and she yeah. was somewhat discouraged and Therese uh, just says to her um, lift up your heart in gratitude gratitude is the thing that brings the most grace I have learned this from experience so if any one of us says I, I wish I could grow more in the love of God I wish I could love God more than I do then the most important thing and the most fruitful way to grow in that is just to take awareness of the ways God is concretely loving you every day. Mm. And that's the first step of the exam, and much more follows, but that's, you don't want to go by that one. Mm. Sometimes when people ask me uh, for help in just starting to pray the exam, what I'll do is just say, just pray the first step, you know, for a while. Six months, longer, wow. um, and then the other steps will come in their time. But don't ever go by this step. And you're just learning to see God act in your life every day. And what happens is you begin to see how loved you are. Praise the Lord. This, and this is, you know, St. Paul talks about praying all, all the time, praying always. And I asked a, a, a Carmelite nun once, what, is that, what does that mean? You know, does it mean you're on your knees praying at all times? Like, no, it's just to be aware that he's always there. And, and those little practices, those moments where we're really hyper-intentional about being aware, opens the heart up to where all day you're walking through life different. Imagine how different we'd be. And that, this is something you exude, by the way, uh, in, in the peacefulness of your personality. You're, you're so relaxing, but you don't put me asleep when I'm listening to you in the podcast. Like, this is the most relaxing voice ever. And I'm driving back from a talk. It's midnight, and I'm not falling asleep. There's a spiritual energy in the peace of the Lord, right? Where you're just, there's an awareness. You're cracked open in your heart to the presence of the Lord. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, prayer brings peace. You know, it, it, it really does. Yeah, and you know, what's coming to my mind as we're saying this is um, that lovely encyclical on hope by Pope Benedict XVI. That's oh, my favorite ever. And remember the title? Space it's well, well into it where he, yeah, he speaks of prayer as a school of hope. Mm. The more you pray, the more hope and confidence and trust you'll have. Yeah, this is something I want to challenge you guys to, to do with your kids. Um, at the beginning of the day, when I'm driving my kids to school, We'll, we'll read the gospel, and then I'll ask them, what's the Lord say to you through the gospel today? And I'm teaching them to listen through that. At the end of the day, what are your gratefuls? How did God bless you today? But these things, again, they only take five, five minutes. 
with the kids. I can go deeper myself, but I'm starting to train the kids in those things. You make that the, the beginning and end of the, end of the day, it's totally life-changing. What's the biggest obstacle you're seeing when you try to bring people into a life of prayer? When you say, like, let's, let's live a little deeper than the rest of this fast-paced world. What's the biggest obstacles that stop people from going deeper in this, in this area? Um, this will be a, maybe an overgeneralization because it'll change with each person. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> certainly one of the factors is um, how our attention is always being taken from us in terms of screens and earbuds, you know, and all of that. So probably yeah. to have a life of prayer, it means um, putting some kind of whatever you'd call it, you know, limit to that or making some choice about the place that you're going to allow that in your life. It doesn't mean that you cut it all out entirely. Obviously, yeah. there's a reason why we have these things. But you probably, this is where I've kind of uh, land at this point. If you're simply uh, opening yourself to these instruments of communication and you haven't placed any kind of limit or control you know, on it, um, probably spending more time on that than you should. So just to have at least one place where we are saying, well, I won't uh, recharge my phone in the course of the day, or um, I'm just not going to look at YouTube for the next week, um, yeah. uh, or on and on yeah. like this. You know, something like that may begin to open up space for prayer. But I would say, learn about prayer. It's hard to pray when, you know, you have goodwill, but you don't really know, well, how do I start? Or That's like me when I was reading about meditation, but I didn't know what to what do. What is it? What do I do? Yeah. So Formed is a great resource. There are all kinds of great books and so on. There are groups. FRTimothyGallagher.com? Dot org. Dot org. Yeah. There, there are all kinds of resources now that are available. Begin to use them. And if there's a group in the parish or uh, that's accessible to you in person or digitally where people are walking together in the life of prayer, you know, get get inserted in something like that. Is there someone, your pastor or a spiritual director who's trained uh, a retreat house somewhere or a mm -hmm. monastery or something? Speak with someone about this. And uh, I also want to plug your book, Struggles in the Spiritual Life and Their Remedies. It talks about roadblocks people, people hit and how to push past them. Mm -hmm. Now, thank you. I'm so grateful for all the, all the simple and profound wisdom you're sharing. Uh, can I, I, just want to, I just want to challenge you guys. Um, Take the plunge here. You're hearing an invitation to a, a deeper spiritual life. It's not overly complicated. The biggest obstacle is that we're constantly distracted by shallow, passing things. So often, like the, the human mind needs some escape from the, the, the reality right in front of you. You need a little break. And so often the break we pick, your brain that, that is, is, is hardwired to help you survive. It wants to burn less calories. It goes for the lowest hanging fruit, easiest break. This doesn't make you happier. <laughs> 2016, first, first year that I, Gen, Generation Z, entered college, over half of them self-reported as below average in mental health. Over half! We are tweaking out on data. Guys, you can be like everybody else. I want to beg you with Father Timothy Gallagher. I want to beg you with the Lord. Can we stop being like everybody else and go a little deeper? Make that time to do the stuff that he's sharing here. Make that time to start your day by listening to the Word of God. 15 minutes. Start with the length of an Our Father to think about the Lord looking at you with love. Read a little bit of His Word and talk to Him from your heart. And at the end of the day, look back at your day, see how He's active in your life. Give thanks 
as you examine your conscience. It's so simple, but it, it, makes, you, it makes you happy. This is the path to it happiness. Does. It does, because essentially what prayer does is that it tells us that we are loved. And that's the mm. deepest thing we all need. And you know, I would add to that, that um, if even 15 minutes seems like too long, choose five, choose 10. Choose an amount that you know you can sustain and then learn a, a, at least a little bit about prayer so that you have a sense of what you're doing and start. Because you take one step, no matter how small, with the Spirit, the Spirit will lead you to the second, the third, and the fourth. Thanks so much for walking this path yourself and for leading so many souls to that, that place of depth and conversation with the Lord who loves them. I'm really grateful for you. I'm grateful I have this time with you. I've been looking forward to it since I asked you to do this a month or two ago. Uh, I've, I've been benefiting from your work for a very long time. So thank you so much. Well, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. And thank you so much, guys, for being with us. Would you give, us, give uh, our viewers your, your blessing? Heavenly Father, we ask that you pour out your love upon all of us who have shared and will share this conversation, that you give light, joy, and peace. And may the blessing of Almighty God the Father Son, and Holy Spirit, descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. See you next time. Man, wasn't that great? Listen, if you don't want to be happy, be sure not to subscribe. But if you want a more joyful life, the kind of life that God created you for, the kind of life Jesus promised when he said, I came to give you life to the full, then make sure you hit subscribe and share this channel with everybody you know.